Welcome to Cape and Ray Hall, nestled in the beautiful landscapes between England's national parks. As a Bible school, we offer short-term courses aimed at fostering your spiritual growth and living in a community. Our historic manor house has something for everyone. You can enjoy indoor and outdoor adventures, connect with students from around the world, and learn how to deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. Search Cape and Ray England for more information. Show with Andy Peck. Welcome to the show that helps you lead according to God's purposes. It was a long time before I realized the derivation of the word authority. The word authority had a connection with the word author. Now, maybe you realized that already, but the meaning takes you back to a statement, passage, or book which settles an argument. He is an authority means no one knows more about whatever it is. So having authority came with your connection to that statement and perhaps the author himself or herself. In scripture, of course, we would see this as God himself. The word authority is, of course, used in all aspects of leadership inside and outside the church. And some look to become leaders because they believe it will give them authority that they want in life. So to discuss the topic, I'm joined by Dr. Pete Carter, one of the directors of Eastgate Church in Gravesend. He's also the founder of Heaven in Healthcare, and with that connection, you'll realise he's a medical doctor as well. So welcome, Pete, back to The Leadership Show. Nice to see you, Andy, and thanks for the invitation. Uh, always enjoy having time with you. Great. Well, thank you. So I guess we need to start by defining terms. You may want to look at the Greek words for authority on power or whatever, but wh wh where's your understanding that the Bible takes us when it comes to the word authority? Yeah, I think I think I've, I've studied this in in depth because I think it's one of those big subjects of, of the wrong use of authority, as everybody would understand, it is is damaging, um, and great use of authority actually is enabling. So, um, and I always found it fascinating when um, reading the Gospels and people often said, "Hey, this guy's teaching with authority." You know, they were surprised at Jesus' authority, and then. It, it drove to the question, you know, well, where did he get this authority from? In one other words, who authorised him? Because that's another part of authority is actually. And the Pharisees came to him one day and said, look, hey, hey, <laughs> by what authority are you doing these things? Um, and I found his response fascinating because in, it's in Matthew chapter 21. Um, and he said, well, I'll, tell you what, I'll answer your question if you answer mine, which is often the way that Jesus did things. He said, so um, John's baptism, was it from heaven? Or from men, and, um, and and I think as you remember that they had, they had a debate about it amongst themselves and decided that either answer to that question would get them in trouble. So they did the political reality of not answering the question, which is a classic political spirit there. But that, it's not the answer that interests me. It's actually the question, that the validity of the question. That that the Pharisees didn't say, oh, that's 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 an invalid question. They, they recognised that it was there were two potential sources of authority that. Could be used. One was actually a human authorization, and one was a heavenly authorization, and they recognised the differences between those two. And um, so, I think I think what we have to work out: if we've got heaven's authorization, then it comes with heaven's uh, culture, but also heaven's resources. And, um, and my understanding of authority, really used well, is actually it releases resources. And um, I can tell you a bit about more about that from my my medical framework, if that would help you. Yeah, sure. Well, that's um, gives us a kind of foundation. Um, I guess if you wanted, I suppose you might want to go back to 
the authority given to Adam and Eve in the garden, which yeah. they then, um, you know, gave to Satan effectively. Um, and the way that kind of is, is resolved in Jesus. I don't know if that's part of your outlook. It is. I think that um, basically, uh, I, th I think the story of creation is fascinating, isn't it? That, that God authorised Adam and Eve to rule the earth. Um, and it, and it's just it's, it's quite extraordinary. And he chose to do it in relationship with them. Um, but he actually gave them free choice within it. So actually, he didn't take away choice in the garden. And I remember when I was a young Christian, I thought, would it be much easier if God hadn't put that tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden? We, we wouldn't be in this mess. Um, but actually, we'd be in a different mess, wouldn't we? Because we'd actually would have no freedom. We, we'd actually be just automatons. So, so right back there, God authorised them, but they made a bad choice. And then and, and they were you know, deceived. And basically, they, they, they allowed themselves to come under a different sort of authorization, didn't they? So actually, that, and then all the consequences of that on planet Earth are, are well, catastrophic. Uh, um, and, but when Jesus came back, I think, you know, clearly his, his death and then his resurrection demonstrated that he'd taken back all authority. Uh, and then he, once again, he, dele he delegated it to human beings. It's, it, it's extraordinary that he took that risk with us again. Don't you think it's amazing that he'd actually say, yeah, that's worth, worth the risk again. Didn't just take it back, but he actually then delegated it to his disciples and gave them authority. Um, and he gave them authority over every, you know, every disease, every sickness, every demon. So, and I think there's two sorts of authority that Jesus talks about, which is authority to destroy darkness, but the other authority he talks about actually is in John 17, verse 2, and where it talks about Jesus being given authority over all things in order to give life. So actually good authority gives life, but in sometimes you have to destroy the bad in order to get to life. And that's 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 a bit like a medicine. Sometimes we have to do things that are you know, cutting things out, removing things that are bad in order to make sure that somebody has a has a life. So but it's the confusion between those two different aspects of authority that I think gets the church into trouble. Because there, there are two different ways of exercising authority. How you exercise authority towards the demonic is very different to how you exercise authority towards people. And you as a medical doctor have obviously lots of illustrations of how how yeah. as a as a doctor you have resources that you can help others with so do you want to explore that yeah. with us but basically when i i qualified as a doctor um i was actually authorized by you know the the, the national health service here in the uk to be able to dispense the resources of the national health service so i had access to x-rays drugs you know other you know, consultants and so as a GP, I could access all the resources of the, of the health service. And when people came to see me as, as uh, my patients, then what they were coming to me for was to enable them to access, access the resources, but they couldn't because they weren't authorised to do so. In order to get an x-ray, they needed to come and see Dr. Carter because Dr. Carter had authority in that, that, that realm. But that authority that I exercised was for their benefit and for their life, not, not to make me a superstar. It's not, it wasn't to build me up. It was actually to serve them. And godly authority towards people always serves people. And again, Jesus talked to the disciples about that when they, they, they wanted a, you know, a position, you know, John, John and James's mum came and said to Jesus, you know, can, can my boys sit at your right hand and your left hand in heaven? Basically she was after a position for them, which from which they, she thought authority would flow. And Jesus said, no, that, we don't do it that way. You know, the gentle, they said the pagans do it that way, but not so with you. And it's really very clear. It said, that's not the way we exercise authority. He said, if you want to be great, 
you serve. And, and he demonstrated that washing the people's feet. He put a child amongst them. He said, the, the, the reality of, of, of what I have an authority as a doctor is to serve people. Um, and uh, I, I think that's true of Christian leadership. Christian leadership is designed to serve other people, not to gain a position of authority over people. Can you overlap authority and power for us, Pete? What, what, are they similar words, different yeah. words? Well, I think authority, as it says, gives you access to, to power. So I think so. I see power as a, a resource of the kingdom. Um, and, uh, you know, it's like it's a result. If I want to fill my car up, I go somewhere where I can get that resource that would power my car, you know, go to a petrol station. So so I think authorization basically enables you to access the resources of heaven. And one of those, one of those resources is power. There are others, you know, there's love, joy, peace, kindness, the fruit of the spirit, but, but the power, and it's the power to, to, to basically do the works of heaven on earth. As Jesus said to his disciples, you know, if you've got faith in me, then you'll be able to do the works I've been doing and even greater works than these. And then Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. And then you, the, the outcome of that is you will be my witnesses. So, so we have the Holy Spirit inside us who is the source of all power. So we are powerful people. We need to understand how we use that power and, and how that authority comes together. Um, and particularly in terms of, of uh, healing and, and the miraculous, you need to understand. And this is, this is, I think, as I teach about healing in many places, I think often misunderstood that, that Jesus gave us authority over disease and sickness. And uh, we can use prayer as part of that authority, but he didn't actually ask us to pray for the sick. He said to heal the sick, basically do, do, do what I've delegated you to do. And you might use prayer to do it, but actually it's not the prayer that works. It's actually it's the authorization and the power and the faith that we enact through that, through that prayer. prayer. Um, and I think sometimes people plead with God to do so, something that they've been authorized themselves to do, and that's a frustration. So I think a lot of people get frustrated and disappointed in the realms of healing because they're not using their authority. They're, they're resorting to, to request towards God, who's already delegated the authority to, to humanity. So as a, as a church at Eastgate, I know um, because I've attended courses that you've run, etc. you do um, see, uh, shall we say, a, a higher level of power and authority over sickness and evil than maybe some other churches I've visited over time. And you do have a confidence in that. And I'm just um, on the basis that we're wise as leaders to learn from best practice. Mm. You've certainly got some good practice that, that you've been exercising what would you say you've learned over the years that might be of value in this area for those perhaps in local churches where they don't see that kind of thing number one tip is jesus didn't teach people techniques so i think i think there's a lot of stuff around the courses you know go on a course for healing and this that and the other that, that teaches techniques this they'll do it you do it this way and, and jesus just definitely didn't do that and actually i think he, he he demonstrated that that wasn't the way he did it there was no one way that he, he did it and um when people got healed he always attributed their their healing to one thing which was actually their faith in one sense that's their trust in him and, and they reached out to him and i think you see that the link between faith and authority with the the centurion you know when when the centurion yeah. <clears throat> company so says i understand how authority works Jesus, you just say it, and it'll happen, basically. And, and Jesus said, wow, this, this guy has amazing faith. Which is basically trust. So if you substitute the word trust, actually, I trust that God has the power to do this. Then if I trust that he's delegated it to me, then I am confident in using that power and authority. So 
again, if I go back to my work as a, as a GP, you know, I, I was confident that every day I stepped into my you know, consulting room, I was still authorised that I was a doctor, I could prescribe. I didn't phone up the Ministry of, of, of Health every day and say, just checking in, you still want me to prescribe today? That'd be silly. They, they go, there's a doctor down here, down there. I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think he thinks he's a doctor. It's that sense of, <laughs> yes, <laughs> just get on with it. And I think there's some sense where God says, get on. But how do you get on with it? In a godly way. And so we very carefully create an atmosphere of, of heavenly reality, um, and like the right... Uh, kingdom of heaven is righteousness peace and joy so we, we deliberately uh, create a peaceful joyful environment which people walk into <clears throat> and then we some pe- people find people get healed without us praying for them sometimes we pray for them but they just walk into the room why because we created a place where god is present and, and like the woman with the um the hemorrhage if she could touch jesus she'd get healed that all we want to do this is our we have a one-step process if we can create an atmosphere where people can touch Jesus in faith, trusting him, and it only takes a little mustard seed of faith, then they can get healed. And we have, well, thousands of testimonies now of that being true, not just in, in uh, our building, but through people's everyday lives now. And I just love the, all those testimonies we have. Um, and it's very simple, you know, connect people to Jesus and watch Jesus do amazing things. So the corollary to that, I guess, is that therefore that whereas a lot of local churches may talk a good game in terms of, yeah, we trust in Jesus. In practice, they probably aren't, or I should say this of myself, <laughs> in practice, I can talk a good game, and in practice, maybe I'm not as confident as I am because we don't see, or local churches typically don't see that authority demonstrated, and therefore they they have to do other things to to gain their uh, sense of self-worth i suppose as a church um because they know because essentially they don't have the power where they need the power hmm. would that I be fair confidence, confidence is is a really helpful word um so it's like other spiritual gifts you know I, i'm very confident in the gift of tongues that god has given to me that i can pray in tongues uh, i'm confident in in the gift of prophecy that, that god's given to me and i can prophesy now those things are not very controversial, you know. <laughs> I think we got to that stage where speaking in tongues is not so much a controversial subject. I know maybe some don't do it, but but if, if I confidently say I can speak in tongues, most Christians are not saying, Ooh, who, who do you think you are? When it comes around to healing the sick, then that, that sort of confidence is, woo, you know, <laughs> that, that, that does get a, who do you think you are? Or, um, But we need to be confident, confident in God and confident in his power. But I think in the realms of healing, we are still in the battleground of gaining full confidence. Um, we don't see everybody healed that we, we, you know, we encounter, we pray for who walks into our, uh, you know, our healing centre. Um, but we are growing. And, and I think for everybody, the, the, the model is, is the guy who said, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. And I think that's, that's an honest assessment for every one of us. There are certain things where my belief system, my Christian belief system is really strong and you couldn't shake it. You know, there's no, uh, absolutely unshakable, you know. Uh, like say Andy do you believe you're going to heaven when you die no you question think? yeah no, no question well you're confident that's an extraordinary statement do you know that, that that's that's a that's a beyond this world statement but most Christians would be I've got it they've got faith nailed down there because faith is the assurance of things hoped for so we're not hoping that we go to heaven when we die because that's not a great gospel to preach we, we have an assurance of that well that's what faith looks like um, but most of us would have started with with some hope 
Um, and in the realms of healing, I think we, we're still, often I include myself in this, we're praying more in hope than confidence. But if we get it right and we gradually grow in that, then hope will turn in, into assurance. And that's when we really know we've got it. And then it just becomes normal, as we saw, as we see in the, in the New Testament. And I think we have to resist um, some theological thoughts, if I can put it that way, that, that, that try and, and uh, uh, dismiss the idea that Jesus healed everybody. He healed everybody who, who asked him, but not everybody got healed. Um, like those at Nazareth, he couldn't do miracles there. You know, so so say, so, well, it's not it's not a new thing that not everybody gets healed, but actually Jesus did attribute it uh, to our faith. So my my personal journey is to keep growing in faith, so I'll see more people healed uh, this year than I did last year, um, and I'm still have to deal with any unbelief that's within me, and I think that's true for any Christian. And anecdotally, uh, Pete, some would suggest that they seem to have more authority in some areas of ministry, particularly in some healing. Um, I yeah. think there's a guy who, who had a particular authority in the healing of deafness, for example. Chris mm. Gore, I believe. Yep. Um, Chris Gore. Yeah, I know Chris Gore. Chris is a friend of mine, a New Zealand guy. Huh. I think you see it with um, somebody like Heidi Baker, who's well known, you know, in terms of actually when they go out into the, you know, into the, to the jungles of Mozambique and go into the villages to preach the gospel they the first thing is say hey bring me anybody who's deaf or got a hearing problem and nearly all of them get healed they have a, a certain they've got an authority but that's a confidence they've got an experience but and also blind but most of that is acquired through through ongoing <laughs> ongoing endeavor it doesn't happen for most people straight away because i think confidence has to grow i myself would say i've got two areas where i'm particularly confident that's the uh, knees and asthma you know i would say i i see huge success in those realms um other realms uh not bad um some realms you think a bit more challenging and i think particularly with talking as a meds as a doctor um the the reality is with sickness it, it is accompanied by so many different emotions and something like a bad knee is not doesn't have quite as much emotion involved as a cancer diagnosis you understand and sometimes the the anxiety that crowds in and the fears that come in and remember fear is not uh an aspect of the kingdom of heaven it's the other way around that hmm. if that becomes a prevailing atmosphere then we we won't actually help people to touch jesus if we're if we're anxious if we're fearful and i think so where where you haven't got confidence in something i think there's still a little bit of things going on in your mind but when you've got it nailed down you don't even think about it you you know you've got authority because actually it just happens um you know and, and like yourself andy i think um no having been on one of our training courses growing growing in confidence inside the realm of prophecy you can grow in 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 that because that's establishing your gift into a normal part of your christian lifestyle we're listening to the leadership show with me andy peck joined by dr pete carter who's one of the directors of eastgate church in gravesend we've been talking about uh, authority and power uh, and so uh, pete this kind of connects us our conversation about healing to heaven in healthcare, and mm. you as a doctor have are the founder of this um, uh, ministry, charity, whatever, um, and and are looking to encourage those in the nursing and doctor profession or medical profession. Um, and obviously in, in this last year, um, uh, the eyes of certainly Britain and the world have been on uh, the medical world. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, let's say, a medical doctor, and, and I was... Uh, 
I'd say fortunately, I was brought, brought up with, with a non-religious upbringing and was born again when I was 16. Um, and I'd already decided at that stage that I wanted to become a doctor. So I was very excited to be a doctor. And then I was super excited <laughs> that I would actually be able to involve God in my daily life as a doctor. And that was basically my, my, my story. I, I did, you know, and I've seen God do extraordinary things in me and around me and through me um, uh, in the medical world. But what I found is that a lot of Christians in the medical world, and it's not just doctors, nurses, physios, OTs, it's, it's, it can be anybody, um, Christians who went in with a dream of, of their Christianity making a difference actually have had that dream somehow squashed out of them by belief systems around them that told them they couldn't do that. that that's quite a common thing. Oh, no, you're not allowed to do that. And often a fear, fear-based reaction. And the number one thing probably is, is the fear of, of disappointing people, you know, over, over-promising, so to speak, um, your Christian realities. Um, so I realised this. I thought, well, actually, that this, that we, we need to be able to restore people's uh, hope, faith, and dreams um, that God will be active in them through their, through their, in their workplace and into their workplaces. And I say, if you're a Christian and you have the Holy Spirit inside you, then you actually have the resources of heaven inside you. And one of the ways I, I try and get people to think about, well, what is heaven in health? Because so if you imagine Jesus working as a porter in your local hospital, would it make a difference? You'd have a different expectation, wouldn't you, of what would happen in that hospital? Indeed. Well, that's what it should be like. Any Christian, it could be a porter, it could be a cleaner, it could be a GP receptionist, it can be a you know, GP consultant surgeon. But if you're a Christian, you have that resource within you. And, and so Heaven in Healthcare is, is there to enable people to, to access the full potential of their Christianity and work it out in that, that particularly demanding workplace. And what is particularly true at the moment, that the, the health services have been so pressurised and so uh, we're basically there to, to enable uh, people and, and also systems to, to benefit from the resources of heaven that are available to us. And we've got a conference coming up on the, the 1st or 2nd October at, um, at Eastgate. And we want to encourage, inspire, equip, and also give people a community to belong to so they don't feel like they're just on their own. And, um, and uh, people can either go to the Heaven in Healthcare website, which is heaveninhealthcare.com, or the Eastgate website, eastgate.org.uk, and they'll find ways to turn the conference. But the Heaven in Healthcare website will tell us a lot more about, tell you a lot more about it. And we we produced a lot of resources, so inspirational resources and training resources, and uh, we're just starting starting up a podcast. Um, so for the during the, the whole COVID reality, we ran a, a weekly uh, YouTube uh, show called In Real Life, just dealing with the realities of life. So very much there to support, encourage, equip and enable any Christian who works in the, the realm of healthcare. And I would imagine that in this last year, Pete, the, the COVID challenge um, will have diminished the faith of some, perhaps who um, prayed for folk who had COVID and, and didn't see um, for, you know, restoration in this world. They obviously wonderfully yeah. restored in the world to come. Um, uh, I don't know whether you have any comment on, on Christians praying for COVID patients well i think basically um you know people used to ask me as a doctor how many how many of your patients you pray for i say every one of them because most of them don't know you know (laughs) they're covered in my prayer life you know general but also specifically and you get the occasional opportunity to pray with people in real life there and then but it's my job was a doctor not not an evangelist um and uh so but i think so there is that sense of you pray for patients and when you when you lose them it's hard you know, it's the emotional cost of, of being a healthcare worker is always 
large. Always has been, it always will be, but these last 18 months have been like nothing else. And what I've, I've seen of my colleagues is the pressure that they've experienced, but also actually some of the amazing opportunities. So we've got some extraordinary stories of stuff of breaking out. We've got, we're just making a, a, a testimony film of an extraordinary COVID healing. Um, so we'll have that out through Eastgate Studios within the next few months. Um, so we do see them, but yeah, I think you have to, it's, it's, it's a mix, you, you know, is you, you've got the highs and the lows definitely of it, but the pressure that, that people have been under. And I think that's where it's it's been a challenge to people's faith is actually just their own mental well-being, their physical well-being. It's, it's been tough. And that's why we exist. That's why Heaven and Healthcare is there. It's, it's there to support people and replenish them. And also just saying, actually, you know, Eastgate is a church. So on this last Saturday, we actually had a, a celebratory uh, cream tea in Eastgate for the, the workers of a, of a local hospital. And they were just overwhelmed by our desire to bless them and just cherish them and, and value them. Unconditionally, we just go, no, we, we, we took an offering and with that, they they wanted to have a party in these cases so we did that and so i think that there's there's all sorts of things you can do to support healthcare workers but it has been very difficult pete as we come to a close um, just i suppose a final question in terms of the practicalities of what we've been talking about so we've been talking about authority and power and you've said that every leader every person every christian has has heaven with inside them uh, by the spirit so what would you say would might be a practical step of someone listening now um, from, you know, the week ahead? <laughs> what, what would you suggest they do um, to start exercising this authority? Um, I think the easy thing is, is just ask God to uh, highlight an opportunity to them within the next week where they could take a step out in faith, whether it's an encouragement, whether it's just a... Say, oh, I'll pray for you about that. Um, and most people are very open to prayer, maybe not in the moment, but they're, they're and, and if you just say that, oh, thanks, all right. I think most Christians fear rejection about that far more than is the reality. So I think just starting to step up and say, oh, actually, that went okay. And it's a little by little step, but just to, to take something. So I say, ask God to speak to you, just highlight to you in the next week, in, in wherever it is. Some, sometime during the week an opportunity where you can just step out in faith just go a little bit beyond your comfort zone take that and just see what see what happens well pete thank you so much for for all you've shared and for lifting our faith levels as it were to uh believe in confidence that that god is doing far more in us and through us than we can ever hope or imagine so thank you so much you're welcome thanks That was my conversation with Pete Carter of Eastgate Church and Heaven in Healthcare. Lots of challenging material for you to process, maybe. You may be already okay with this approach and be looking to work within the authority you have as a son or daughter of Christ. But if this is new to you, it can take a bit of processing. But many have walked the path towards seeing who they are in Christ and starting to lead out of it. And so the processing is well worth it. Looking forward to connecting you again next week. In the meantime, why not ask God to show you opportunities to speak life and take authority. Bye for now. The Leadership Show with Andy Peck. Email andy.peck at premier.org.uk.